Pastor Marina, you ready to go? Um, just a little snippet, she may already say it, but um, we're going to start a, a series on Wednesday, and we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, so, you know, I, I would really recommend, you know, if you didn't bring a notebook tonight, you, you may keep notes in your phone or whatever, and that's good. I, you know, I bring my pad, but I also bring my notebook. But, but we're going to be teaching and talking about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, um, last week, you know, one of the things that you you heard me from the pulpit on Sunday morning say was, I, I really feel this is going to be a year where people are being pulled into relationship, and there'll be a lot of evangelism done in the house, but as that's being done, it's good to know how God wants to flow through each and every one of us, and always the gifts, the gifts are for the benefit of others, amen, I don't want to get into your sermon, because I know you're going you're gonna to open that up tonight, but but the gifts are for the, for, for the benefit of edifying and building up the church. And if we don't, we don't know what these gifts are, we'll never operate in them. So we're going to take some time. We're going to teach on Wednesday nights. The, you know, there may be activation certain nights or whatever. We're not, you know, we don't have the flow of everything yet. But I believe there's going to be a release of spiritual gifts on this house. Amen. Anybody, anybody agree that, that that's, that's a good thing, right? Amen. So I see heads bobbing. Praise Jesus. So you ready to roll? Yep. Amen. Here you go. Amen. I like that, that verse. It was one of the verses I would so often repeat to my children growing up is uh, a fool despises his father's instruction, and we ain't no fools, right? Say, I ain't no fool. Okay. All righty. Just had to get that out of the way. I feel like I really need a coffee or a shot of an espresso or something. That would be awesome. Um, we are going to go through the Holy Spirit things, gifts of the Holy Spirit. And even, even tonight, um, you know, Brother Don, Pastor Brad, if you guys have something that you want to add in, just uh, wave me down and I'll, I'll stop and you can grab the other mic and, and add to what I'm saying. But I really want to get in tonight with a, a little bit of an introduction of getting to know the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is God's spirit. It is the spirit of God. It's not an it. It is a he. It is a person of the Trinity. So we, we don't look at him as this, you know, mystical force, but it's the very spirit of God, and he dwells within us, which is an amazing thing. And it's so, uh, we are so privileged and honored to house, to be vessels of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, he wants to flow through us. Uh, it's, you know, he wants us to be a light, us to be an example to others around us. So we're we're going to get into, before we get into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I want to just touch on a few other things so that you'll understand the differences uh, of the things of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, a question that someone might ask is, how can, how can the Holy Spirit, who is invisible, be seen? How can the Holy Spirit be seen if he's invisible, if you can't see him? Well, that is through the manifestation operating through you so it's by the nature of God through the fruits of the Holy Spirit through the manifestation of the power gifts that's how people begin to see who God is so when Jesus walked this earth he was a demonstration of who God was in flesh on this earth and so you got to see the nature of God you got to see who he was and how he cared and had compassion for people and what he desired what his will was for people you know it says that he he desired to heal all 
saw. So there was not one he turned away. So when we read the passages, we can see that he does want to heal. He's not going any, any, many, many, mo. He's not going, well, every third one, you know, like you do in school, where every third one gets to be in this group and every two, all the twos come over here, you know. No, it's every person that desired and came to him, that desired healing, they received healing. He has a compassionate heart for people. And so we're going to get into uh, a few of the uh, attributes of the Holy Spirit. And first, I want you to turn to, before we get into the, the gifts, I want to go over the uh, fruits of the Holy Spirit. So if you will turn to Galatians. Uh, chapter 5, verse 22. Father, I thank you for just even this time of study, this time of getting into your word, this time of uh, greater revelation. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts to understanding that not only would we receive revelation, but the wisdom that shows us how to apply what it is that we're receiving. I pray that you would increase every person's faith tonight, that you would uh, tear down any stronghold of the mind, anything that would block them from past things, from receiving from you. I pray tonight that that gets crushed under the power of your word tonight. And I pray, Father, that there will just be a truth that invades our understanding, our minds and our hearts and sets us free and gives us freedom and liberty. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Galatians 5. 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. There is no law against these things. These are what we call the fruits of the Spirit. When you look at the fruit of someone's life, then you're, you're describing what comes out of them. You're describing uh, their demeanor, their nature, their character, their traits. So you're describing the things that come out of them. What kind of a person are they? Uh, what do they tend to reflect in life? Do they tend to reflect kindness or are they angry a lot? You know, are they uh, hot-tempered? Are they sour or are they you know joyful are they giving you know these are traits so these are the fruits of the holy spirit so when we talk about the fruit of the spirit these are the traits the characteristics that as we get saved the very nature of god comes and lives on the inside of us and then he begins to convict us and say why are you acting like that oh my lands thank you you're so sweet is it like hot am i gonna burn myself Okay, I'll wait a little bit. <laughs> so the, the very nature of God lives on the inside of you. And whenever he comes and lives on the inside of you, he's saying, I want you to reflect me. I want you to look like me on this earth so that all men are drawn to me because of the light that lives in you. So these are the characteristics, the nature that, that shines out of us. These are the fruits of the spirit, and in them there is no fault. That's why there is no law against these things. We can uh, be as kind as we want. You know, there is no measure to it. There is no end to it. We can... Uh, 
patience, self-control, goodness, gentleness. Against such things there is no law because these are the things that are from God and we're to exercise these things in strength and magnitude. Those are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. So when you hear us talk about the fruits, then that's what you're referring to. Uh, Flip over to one book, to Ephesians, chapter 4. And we're going to now look at leadership or administration gifts, offices of the Holy Spirit. So when we talk about the offices of the Holy Spirit or what most people refer to as the fivefold ministry, so whenever you read these, it's often referred to uh, as a gift to the body to perfect the saints, and we'll read the scripture. But these, this is how God organizes his church. This is how he structures the body of Christ. So this is a type of administration, a type of organization, leadership, uh, how he structures things in the body of Christ. And it also operates through the Holy Spirit. So... Ephesians 4, uh, I'll pick up at verse 7. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. And he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Verse 11, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness or deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. And I'll stop right there. So we see here, when we talk about offices of the Holy Spirit, we're talking about what we call the fivefold ministry. You have the apostles, which are the ones that are sent. They're sent out. They often uh, plant churches and they oversee churches. Dr. Morocco would be considered an apostle. He oversees almost 600 churches around the world. Now, he doesn't go out and himself presently go uh, start an extension, but he sends those under him to go out and plant. But he oversees them all, so he's like an apostle. You have a prophet that operates in the office of a prophet, which as we get into a little bit more into prophecy and those things, we'll, we'll talk about those things and the difference. But a prophet operates in the office of a prophet all the time. It's not, it's not just that they prophesy once in a while. They operate in the office of a prophet. They are anointed, they're called for that position, and they're typically called for a, either a nation, a state, a region, or maybe an in-house prophet for a, a body, for a church. 
So that is an office of a prophet. Some are evangelists. An evangelist goes out and spreads the word of God, preaches the word of God, and pulls people into the body of Christ through salvation and ministering the gospel to others. And then you have pastor and teacher. Pastor and teacher is actually kind of lumped together because you see you have apostles, comma, some prophets, comma, some evangelists, comma, and some pastors and teachers. It's not and some pastors, comma, and some teachers because oftentimes where you have a pastor, you have a teacher. Where you have a teacher, you may have a pastor. They're oftentimes combined together because they are for the overseeing of a congregation or a body. So they are to teach and they are to oversee the body and shepherd the flock. So oftentimes I really look at it as more of a fourfold ministry, but no reason to get hung up on it. It's just that oftentimes you will see these two interlinked together. All right, so the, those are the offices, the organization of uh, how the Holy Spirit or how God sets up his church. Does that make sense? Do you guys have anything to add to that? Okay. Um, let's jump real quick to some service gifts or ministry gifts. Before we get into the spiritual gifts, let's go to the book of Romans. And like Pastor Brad said, it, if you would buy a journal, if you don't already have one, to take notes in this year, because we are going to really get into some things of doctrine this year and really get into the scripture, uh, digging deep. And I want you guys to be able to, to really take notes and, and be able to, to dig a little more with us this year. So I want you to, if you don't have one already, buy a journal. Buy, it's actually proven study that you remember more when you write things down, not text them. So it's, I'm a big fan of writing. But Romans 12... Verse 4. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches, in teaching. He who exhorts, in exhortation. He who gives, with liberality. He who leads, with diligence. He who shows mercy, with cheerfulness. And I wanted to go over those because these are also giftings, giftings that people can have in the body of Christ that are used. Many times people think, well, I'm not being used if I'm not uh, preaching from a pulpit. And that's a lie of the enemy, you know, because there are so many giftings. Think of it. If we were all preaching in the pulpit tonight, 
and there was no one to, to help with children's, and there was no one to help in the administrative side, and there was no one to help with the services and the media and the, you know, the announcements. Every single part is, is important, and it helps the body function together. That's why we don't all have the same personality, you know, and we are all at different growth levels. It's important that we have different functions in the body of Christ. And so he's saying here, you've been graced with a gift. God's grace has given you a gift. His grace is favor upon you for a special purpose, a special thing. It's the empowerment of God that comes upon you for a special purpose. So you've been graced with a gift, and you should celebrate that gift. When the body is lacking in your gift, then the body's missing out on something. You're not, it's not that... You should see yourself, well, my gift is not important because every person's gifting and what God has put on the inside of you is so important and the body needs it. And when you don't operate in that, then the body is actually lacking. It's got, it's, it's a handicap actually. That's why the church doesn't get as much done because people don't operate in their giftings like they should. But when the body comes together unified and seeing Christ and their hearts are for God and his mission, then they're coming together and they're able to build momentum and get a lot done in an area. In fact, we were listening to uh, a guy last evening uh, out of Dr. Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's church, and he has been there since the time he was 15 years old. He came from South Africa, and this guy, over the years, he had been taught, he had been trained, he went to Bible school, and he now, he came to America with $3,000. Wasn't that it? $3,000? And, and now he is a multi-millionaire today with a 10th grade education. But what he did is he connected himself with the Holy Spirit. And he wasn't trying to be something that he wasn't. He was anointed for a purpose, and it was business. And so he attached himself to the business realm, allowed himself to be open to what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do, and allowed the Holy Spirit to teach him. And as he did, God was, like, giving him ideas. And these God-given ideas actually began to bring money into him. And his purpose, and he even stood there and said, my purpose is to get behind my pastor and to fund the kingdom of God. Whatever vision God puts in his heart, then I get behind him and I fund that through the, the finances that come in. That is my purpose on earth. And most people don't have that concept. Most people don't think that way. They think, well, I'd like to have a million dollars so I could go buy a, a you know, another car and a, get a swimming pool and get, you know, whatever, it, whatever else it is. But he's like, my purpose is to make as much money as I can to fund the gospel and to get behind the vision. So that's how we're supposed to think. As a body, we come together and we get a lot more done when we come unified under a vision. Yeah, get the mic. coffee just to add something real quick to that because we're in teaching tonight so you know e even in that situation what was fascinating because his testimony his testimony around the blessing of the Lord was he he w he went into a company he 
He doesn't, e it's, it's around computers and creating a certain aspect. It's, it's blockchain. I don't know if anybody understands blockchain. I don't understand it. However, he went into a field. He doesn't even know how to write computer code. He doesn't know how in to, to, to do any of that. But the Holy Spirit inspired every step, every, ev everything that he was getting was a download from the Holy Spirit. And he was like, I have an idea. And he would show it to actually some of the, the people that was on his team. Uh, one of the guys created Solitaire. You know, it, it, you know it's, a, it's a worldwide famous game, the game Solitaire. And I don't know what the other game was. They're well-known games that people play. And uh, they were creators, and they're like, this idea is genius. And, and, these, and he's dealing with non-Christians, non-believers. Where did you get this idea? From God. And so it's also now a testimony to people in the business arena, in, in, in that world, that like, you know, he doesn't even, he's not even in our field. He's not been to college. He's not been, he's not been elevated or promoted in this field. And, you know, what was fascinating, because he, he said one thing last night that I really, it was such a takeaway. It's a powerful message. And, I, you know, if you're in, you care about business and want to be in business, highly recommend. Go back and listen to it. But he said, you know, by, by a certain amount of time, he said, I want to meet with the top executives, the top 100 CEOs in America that do what I do because I want to be better. So he, he values, watch this, he, va he values the knowledge that other people have, and he, he's pulling from that. And what does it take to, what does it take, you know, you know, he, you know, you know his vision, you know, is to sow a million dollars into, to give a million dollar tithe check. And then, and then, but it wasn't that he was stopping at millions. He believed that the kingdom of God, if the right, if, if the wicked of if the right, what is that scripture? I'm sorry. The wealth of the wicked are, are, are stored up with the righteous and we're going to see a transfer of wealth. Guess what? These are things that will happen in the last days. I got two mics, praise Jesus. So, so, but these are the things that will happen. And so you, 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 know, you have to realize God gives his people this ability. He is the God that gives us the ability to create wealth. Amen? And so that's one area of a gifting that God, you know, you know it's like learning to get in a lane. Stay in a lane. Praise Jesus. You know, you know I, I, there's only one Brad Riser. It took me a while to figure that out. You know, I used to watch ministries and think, man, I want to be like this guy or that guy. And then realize, you know, after so long, you know, I've got to be who God created me to be. Amen? And uh, so it was a powerful testimony. I just wanted to add that while you took a drink of coffee. So there you go. You keep on going. That's good stuff. Um, so a lot of these are natural abilities. Some, sometimes we, we look at these and we say, you know, uh, like, for instance, my three children all have different uh, natural abilities. Even from the time they were little, age two, some of these things would start coming out. You know, one one is like really easy going, is able to uh, uh, adapt to different cultures very easily, and and they don't have a problem making friends. And then another is more into leadership and entrepreneurship, and and then another is a little bit more black and white, and and you know very cut. And and so each one has their own own tendencies, their own natural abilities, even from a young age. And so a lot of these things you'll see, you'll look down through there and, and you might even be able to look at them and say, some of these things I know that I fit in because I just naturally see these things come out in my life. Just like Dr. Morocco said uh, when he was sharing Sunday night, he said, some people have, have a, a gift of mercy. And he says, I don't have that. 
I can slap you, but I don't have the gift of mercy. And so but he says, I've got staff that have a gift of mercy. And they will, they will cry with the homeless. They're right there. Uh, you know, every, I think every time we talk to him, he cries. He's just, <laughs> he's just such a, a sweet-hearted person. And that's just a gift that he has. Uh, some people don't necessarily have that gift. But they have the gift of maybe leadership. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the gift of, of giving, to give liberally. But the, the thing that I want to point out, in proportion to your faith. Because many times we try to copy at someone else's level of faith when we need to be at the place that we're at and grow it from that place. So sometimes we're looking and comparing ourselves and saying, well, I need, to, I need to look like them, be like them. Well, maybe you're not at that level of faith yet. Maybe you need to operate at the level that you're at. Stretch yourself where you're at at the moment, but don't compare yourself one to another. The Bible says that that is unwise because that will bring you into condemnation and and it, it brings a lot of junk on you. So don't compare yourself. But prophesy or give or do ministry. That's another one. Ministry. That's no different than saying serving. So all the ministries of helps, that, that all the departments, all the teams that you can become part of, that is a type of ministry. And it says if ministry is your gift, then use it in ministering. Use it in serving others. And so he's saying here, Paul's saying that we are to use our gift and use it in proportion to our faith. And that every person does have a gift and that we're to use it for the body of Christ. It's not for us. It's for the body. And so it's for one another, to build one another up, to encourage one another. That's what exhortation is, to encourage. Some people are great encouragers. Uh, other people uh, are not so much. Pastor Brad always tells me I'm not a very good encourager. Pastor Brad's got the gift of encouragement, though. So, you know, he'll stand up here and go, be encouraged, crew, be encouraged, congregation. And I'm just like real, you know, let's get to the point and, and let's hit it hard. Let's drive it home. And he's like, you're not very encouraging. So we kind of balance each other out, I think. But let's go ahead and go to 1 Corinthians. <laughs> Amen. Go to 1 Corinthians. <laughs> 1 Corinthians 12. Or were you amening that I'm not very encouraging? First Corinthians 12. So we went through fruits of the spirit, leadership offices or administration of, uh, of the spirit offices, uh, and then also ministry gifts or services of the Holy Spirit. So now let's get into the spiritual gifts, the spiritual gifts. And we'll read down through these uh, scriptures, but I want to break it down. Like I said, tonight, we're kind of doing an introduction. So we'll get into the spiritual gifts next week. We're not going to go through all of them at once because that's a lot. And I want you to get as much as you can out of it. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard to uh, go through all of them in one setting and get a lot if you're, if you're just, you know, barely touching the surface. So let's just go through an introduction tonight and let's understand a little bit about chapter 12. 
which this is where Paul begins to talk about the spiritual gifts. A little bit of background information. He's writing the church in Corinth, and he's, if you look at the book of Corinthians, it's a lot of correction. <laughs> so Corinthians is not, um, it's interesting because they're operating in the spiritual gifts, but they're not a bit mature. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But you would think like the, you know, high maturity. No, they, they were getting corrected left and right. And so understand that when we talk about spiritual gifts, it has nothing to do with a person's spiritual level of maturity. It has nothing to do with how many years you've been a Christian. So we'll get into that as well. But let's start at verse 1. It says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren. I do not want you to be ignorant. He says, I do not want you to be ignorant. So first of all, we understand he's saying concerning spiritual gifts. The other gifts that we went through, one was more natural, uh, you know, natural abilities and things like that. One was like a call to an office. The other is the fruits of the spirit. But this one, we're talking about a spiritual gift. So this comes from the spirit it is a spiritual from the spiritual realm so these are things that cannot just be understood with man's wisdom because many people try to explain the spiritual gifts and put it in the box of human thinking and it's not man-made these are not man-made gifts these only come from the holy spirit and so you have to understand that when we're talking about this, each one of these has a spiritual element to it. It's not something that we can just explain through logic. And he says, I don't want you to be ignorant concerning these spiritual gifts. And, and also the word gifts, charisma, is a grace. It's a, it's a gift. It's not earned. It's a gift. How many of you got Christmas presents this year from somebody? Did somebody give you one and say, well, you earned it this year. I didn't get you any this year because you didn't earn it. You didn't do enough good things. Or was it just given to you as a gift? You didn't have to show, like, how many dishes you washed, how many times you vacuumed the floor, how many times you were nice to your brother, how many times, you know, all of these things. You just received the gift. And that's what this is about. It is a gift. And the reason I'm saying that is because a lot of times people think that the spiritual gifts are only for people that do so many good things, that are behind a pulpit, that are in ministry, and they have to earn them, or they have to be a Christian for so long. And that's not the case. So these are gifts, gifts from God, gifts from the Holy Spirit, and they are to show who he is. They're to, first of all, because he loves us. You know, you think about it, the gift of healing, he heals us. Why? Because he loves you, and he wants to, he wants to fix you so that you can be whole. He wants you to know that you're seen and you're loved. So first of all, it's, these things are given because he loves you. Second of all, it points back to him and gives him glory. And it shows people who he is. 
So he doesn't want us to be ignorant. When he's writing this to the church, he says, listen, you need to concern yourself with this. You need to look at these things. I don't want you to be ignorant about these gifts because ignorance can bring us into a place of judgment. It can also bring us into a place of assumptions where we think we know. And we make a lot of assumptions, but they may not be based on fact. And so we'll make assumptions like what I just said. Well, they must be really spiritual because they performed this miracle. They must be a super Christian. That's an assumption. And it's not based upon fact. And so we can make assumptions. Also, ignorance causes disorder and chaos, which is one of the things that was going on in the church. They were, you know, when you go on to read, he had to give some correction about that because they were disorderly with the gifts. And so he's writing them saying, uh, you guys need to operate this way because you're, you're getting a little out of whack. Your focus is on yourself. You're not, you're not operating in the gifts right. In fact, you all want to just be heard. You all want to operate in the gifts, but you're not keeping your eyes focused on God. Your eyes are on yourself. And so he was correcting them in that. So ignorance can cause us to be disorderly, to be chaotic. Uh, it can also, if we're ignorant, it can, it can cause us to have a lack of faith around it. Some people never seek after the gifts because they are ignorant of the gifts. They don't know anything about them, so they aren't taught to seek after them. They're not taught to uh, desire the greatest gifts. Are you with me so far? Did you guys have something? I just wanted to cover a couple things real quick. Um, <clears throat> I like the actual, if you, if you have the King James Version, the Bible says now concerning spiritual gifts, gifts is italicized. That means it wasn't in the original context. The original context should read, not that we're getting a grammar lesson here, but <laughs> it says concerning spiritual things or things of the spirit. And I really believe that's important because a gift, as Pastor Randall was talking about, a gift is something you receive and you possess. One thing to, to, to identify with the gifts of the spirit is that you don't possess them. If I look at Brother Stephen and say, Brother Stephen, you got the, you got the gift of healing. That's not correct. He could he walk around and say, well, the Holy Spirit gave me the gift of healing. I operated. Jesus never operated in any of the gifts all the time. And the Holy Spirit always releases the gifts or the things of the Spirit as it's needed. It says he gives severally as he will. So it's important. And that also keeps a perspective because it's never about you. The Holy Spirit always lifts up Jesus. He magnifies. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it's key to remember that that it's it's never about us. It's about our yielding to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And as we do that, then He He releases a part of Himself into that service or into that action. The other thing I wanted to, to bring out just real quickly there in Galatians, when you were covering that in Galatians chapter five. That part, it says, um, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. And that's what Pastor Man, it's, it's character, integrity, the, the fruit of the Spirit should be identified in our life. We can, uh, just like in an anointed service, we can feel the Spirit of God. The, the living is, uh, is positionally. 
If we live in the Spirit, okay, I'm positionally, I'm a Spirit-filled Christian. I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm positionally uh, uh, positioned by the Holy Spirit in that aspect. To walk in the Spirit is the faith action. Faith without works is dead being alone. So I just want to differentiate that to make sure when you, because a lot of people say, well, how do I operate in the gifts? I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I speak in tongues. The difference between the two is walking and administration. Uh, but the position part, I live in the Spirit, but I also walk in the Spirit. And I, that's by yielding to the precious Holy Spirit. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and I was going to bring that up too, because the gifts are not... Uh, you may have even heard someone say before, well, I have the gift of this. I have the gift of knowledge. I have the gift of wisdom. I have the gift of healing or miracles. It's like they possess that. Like God has given them that, and it's their gift. And that's the wrong way to look at it because the gift is actually for the body. It's just that it's operating through you to get to them. But it's not your gift because here's the thing. You can operate in any of the gifts. You can desire those things, and you can operate in, in a variety of gifts, but the gifts are being operated in, in accordance to what someone is needing. So, for instance, it's just like uh, a father has different roles in the household. So he might go to work, bring home a paycheck. He might mow the lawn. He might even help with dinner. He might, uh, you know, go out and fix the car, uh, build something in the garage. But the thing is, if the kids are screaming and crying because they're hungry, mowing the lawn is not doing a bit of good for them. And so he needs to be able to switch into a, the, the gift of fixing dinner and not mowing the lawn at that moment. So it's the gift that's operating is the gift that the Holy Spirit chooses for that moment for that person because the Holy Spirit knows what that person needs. So that's why I say you, it's not just your gift of healing. The gift is given to the person, to the member of the body or even outside of the body of Christ because a person does not have to be saved to receive the power of God. You can minister the power of God because you're saved, but God is using you to minister to someone even outside of Christ. And oftentimes, it will bring that person to Christ because they experience the power of God. Um, and I want to go back for a second, you know, just at the, the comment that, just because gifts are exercised does not determine any level of, of uh, spirituality or maturity of a person. Let me give you an example. Because the Corinthian church in chapter 1, Paul gets on to them because there's divisions among them. They're all, you know, uh, well, I, I follow Apollos and I follow Paul and I follow, you know, this person. And they're all uh, arguing about who they follow. Why well, follow Christ? You know, and, and Paul's like, you guys are acting like your children. In fact, uh, in chapter 3, that's what he says. He says, you guys are acting like spiritual babies. I wanted to come to you and be able to give you meat, but I can't. I have to give you milk because you're acting like spiritual babies. And he says, there's divisions among you, and there's disorder. And then in, in chapter 4, he says, I'm sending Timothy to teach you 
these things because he has been taught my, by me, so I'm, t I'm sending him to teach you because you need taught. In chapter 5, you find a man that's sleeping with his father's wife. And he's saying, you guys are endorsing this. You need to kick him out so that he understands that what he's doing is wrong so that this sin does not spread throughout the congregation. In chapter 6, you find that they're taking each other to court. And he's like, what an embarrassment. Because the world is seeing all the division and all the arguing that you guys and all the slandering you guys are doing to one another. Can you not take care of these things in the house of God? Can you not be mature enough to judge your own thing? according to the word of God. Why are you causing uh, all of this to be a reputation of the church? In chapter 10, he talks about not using their freedoms to make other people stumble. In chapter 11, he's talking about their misuse of communion and their own selfish reasons for uh, engaging in communion in an unworthy manner. And in chapter 14 is when he's correcting them on how to operate in the spiritual gifts. So you see a lot of mess here. In fact, the book of Corinthians probably has the most uh, mess in, out of all of the epistles, out of all of the letters that Paul writes, the Corinthian church really is getting corrected on a number of different things. So, but they're operating in the spiritual gifts. So you can see that it's not based upon how long someone has been a Christian and that they're super mature in their, in their super spiritual. Because the gifts operate through faith through faith. And someone can be a babe in Christ and still have faith. They can have faith in who their God is, and they can be operating in an amazing uh, different ways of the gifts of the Spirit and be super immature. So that's why we have to be careful that we're not being prideful, that when the gifts are operating through us, you cannot take on a mentality that, look at me, look at what I did. It is not you, it is Christ, it is God. It is his spirit flowing through you because he has compassion for someone. Just as an example of that, I, I remember a time that I had uh, I had picked up a guy and was taking him to, uh, he'd showed up on my door at 7 a.m. in the morning, needed a ride, needed to catch a, you know, he was uh, he was going across America, homeless in and out of being homeless, but at one point we were talking, and he turns around, and 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 speaks a word of prophecy. And I was, and and it was something that I had been praying about. And I was like, for a second, I was like, huh? And it was like it all also kind of mixed with like a word of knowledge. And I, <laughs> and I, and I, I just, of course, I didn't say anything because, but the fact of the matter is that, you know, here here's a guy that doesn't know anything that I'm praying about. Doesn't know it. Doesn't know any. I'm not revealing stuff to him. But then all of a sudden, there there is a word that th this guy is being used as a conduit, and I and I think that's the thing. As you're talking about, you know, that's the willingness of being. Yes, I want to be used by God. That you know, you're a conduit. The Holy Spirit would work work through somebody, and he was saved. I mean, you know, um, you know, 
there were some messed up things there, but, but he was saved. He had confessed Christ. I covered that with him, and, you know, he walked me through what he knew about, you know. But, you know, and, but, you know it's not somebody that, you know, I, you know I, w- I didn't rebuke him. I didn't, you know, I just, I took the word, and, and I was like, huh, that's interesting. But, and the word, it was, it was something that actually came to pass. So, I mean, it was just, it was just as an example. I mean, that is an example and I'm not telling you to go around and let everybody just speak over you. That's not what I'm saying here tonight. So, you know, you know, um, no, yeah, don't do that. So, but, but God, God can flow through someone, you know, and, and, uh, and I've had it happen a variety of other different ways. Well, I they mean, can pick up things in the spirit in the because spirit, they're, yes. they're dealing yeah. with the spirit realm. Yeah. Do you remember the lady that, that used to slither on the floor and, yep. and she yep. uh, gave a word when, I'm not even joking, she allowed demons to possess her and she would... Uh, slither on the floor in the middle of uh, services at KC and they would have the ushers would have to get her and take her back out and she actually uh, could discern in the spirit some things that we had been praying over and was was searching for a word from the Lord on and we had finally gotten that word and she came up and she actually said uh, what it was that we were that we were uh dealing with at that time so people can pick up things in the spirit because they're tapped into the spiritual realm that's why you have to watch who you align yourself with and it has to be a trusted source because if you understand if you if somebody like that is speaking over you or they're saying something to you and you're like oh they must know stuff and you're all impressed by that, but you don't know anything about their character. They can lead you down because they can say a couple good things, and then the enemy can use them and take you right down a path you shouldn't even be on. And in, in fact, even in, uh, I think it's Matthew 7, is, that's why it says that some will say, Lord, Lord, you know, we cast out devils in your name. We healed in your name. And he says, depart from me, you workers of iniquity or lawlessness. So there will be people that can operate in things of the spirit, but they aren't necessarily always godly people. Their fruit may not be godly at all. So know who you're linked with. Know who you're linked with. Do you guys have anything else? All right, verse 2. We got through verse (laughs) 1. But did you learn something? Okay. You guys are like going through a college class right now. Verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. And, of course, we know that when we're not in Christ, we tend to seek the supernatural. This generation seeks the supernatural things. And if they don't know Christ, they can be misled by idols, by tarot cards, by necklaces this even cross necklaces this is my safety this is my security you know this is what what protects me like all crystals all kinds of relics people will tie themselves to relics or religious ideas and candles like all sorts of things because they think that that is this a supernatural thing and the thing is the enemy can work through that Because there are people that have even come up for prayer before, and it's like that thing had a hold on them. They got saved, and you're like, you need to get rid of this necklace. And they're like, no, because it had such a hold on them. 
And it was like they had to break that. They had to break that stronghold in their life because the enemy was using that to pull them into the dark, into a dark realm. I'm not trying to get like all Jedi on you, but it's like they were, they were in, in the, in, not in the light of Christ with that. They were in the, the darkness of the demonic. Verse 3, therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Now, this portion is interesting uh, because it's talking about the diversities of gifts, because there's different gifts, the differences of ministries, and the diversities of activities. Because God does not work in a formulated way with every single ministry, with every single person, and with every single activity or how he chooses to accomplish something, how he chooses to flow through someone. And this is why we have to understand that it's very important that you do not criticize men and women of God that operate in a different style that you may be used to. We always judge fruit, but you have to be careful. Well, that's not how my pastor does it. It may not be how your pastor does it, but if God has given them a certain order or a certain way of doing something, then you need to understand that. It's not, there are different ways in different ministries. Not every church is going to look the same. You know, the biggest thing is, do they follow the word of God? And are they full gospel? Do they preach the whole gospel of God? Not just a portion and and eliminate the things that they don't understand or don't like. But are they, some churches, for instance, we know a, a, a church in Parkersburg, they focus entirely on the homeless. And that is the heart of that church. That's what the, that's one of the biggest things that they desire is to reach the homeless community. Well, another church may have a different focus. Uh, one ministry may have a focus on addicts. Another ministry may have a focus on battered women. You know, so it doesn't all look the same. Some have youth ministry. Some have children's ministry. Some ministries, you know, may be solely for married couples. But there's different types of ministries, and how those ministries function can be different. Some minister to 10 at a time. Some minister to 100. Some have the capacity to to minister to thousands or ten thousands and how they do that ministry may be different some people write books and give books away some people sell them but should we criticize either one no because you don't know their ministry and why they're doing what they're doing some people have an excess and they want to be able to give material out for free to bless people But some may not have that excess, and they're writing that book, and they need to supplement. So there's reasons for uh, why people do what they do. It's like you can get the yard mowed by a mower, by a tractor, by a weed eater, by a push mower, a riding mower, and it gets mowed in all of those ways. But one may be a little easier than the other, but it can be done in a variety of different ways. So ministries don't always look the same. So there's a diversity of administration and services. Go ahead. 
I really like this part of the scripture um, in Corinthians there. Three, uh, one, th- one thing I wanted to just uh, to point out, as Pastor Miranda was saying, the question would then arise, well, how do we know the difference? How do we know, or how do, uh, me as a believer, how do I know if that is the Holy Spirit? And I use the reference in the Bible because Paul, the Bible says, as he ministered, a woman who had a spirit of divination followed after them, and she cried after them, these men are of the most high God. And she was literally like a, she was a, a bulletin board for him. Everywhere she went, she heralded, and you're thinking, man, we could take her with us everywhere. She's, she's drawing them out. But the Bible says that Paul was grieved in his spirit. So even though her message was right and her, her communication seemed like it was in line with the word, and I love it because there's a, there's a great, it says God doesn't want us ignorant. Like, you know, there's been things that we've seen in, this, in spiritual meetings before that are questionable as Pastor Man. Now, wh- how do I discern that? The Bible says we have the discerning of spirits. That is a gift of the spirit. But it should bear witness with your spirit. And it's not by judgmenting, by critical, by analyzing. Well, that's not the way I've seen it before. That, that's, God will blow your mind sometimes with that. I mean, he'll, he'll, he'll make Jesus spit into a blind man's eyes. That doesn't seem natural. Or he'll, you know, the, the many miracles, especially with the working of miracles, there's not a cookie-cutter way to operate in these gifts. But the balancing, to bring it back in, how do I know what is of the Spirit and what isn't of the Spirit, it tells us very clearly there's diversities of gifts. That means there's differences of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's where you bring your balance in. I identify it by the Holy Spirit. That is, of, that is of me. And the Lord a lot of times will put you in check. I've been there before. I looked at people before. and I, said, I don't know about all that. And I'll give you just a real quick testimony. When I first went to Bible school, I was in a, in a meeting. And, the, and all the new uh, Bible college students came in at, at the, to this school. And they brought them up front. And they wanted to lay hands on you as soon as you got through the door. Cast whatever off you didn't need to be on you and put what on you what you needed. And there was a gentleman that played saxophone, and he was very good. I'm talking, you know, I mean, he, he could made it big time in the world. He was very talented, and he was very anointed. But I watched people, and he would play this instrument, and people would just fall over. And I'll be honest with you, in my natural mind, I'd never experienced that before. I've been around the anointing. I never, I, I'd never been a part of that. So in my mind, there was skepticism. Are these people just overwhelmed? I mean, they're just brought up front. There's excitement. And I'm not belittling things of the spirit. He got in front of me and began to play, and it wasn't just hot air that hit me. And they picked me up off the floor. My keys went this way. My wallet went this way. And I got back up in. Here he came again. God said, you don't think this is is me? I'm going to give you a double dose. So I got very intoxicated very quickly because of the gift that was on him through. And the Bible says, I could easily study scripture. The Bible says, uh, David played his harp and evil spirits departed off of Saul. And joy came into it. So why I say that is because even, even though I, I knew things of the spirit and been around them, you could be very quick to go, ah, I don't think that's of the Lord. Judge it by the spirit. In my spirit, I knew better. The other thing is where it talks about, again, is everything points back in all three of these verses. The same Lord, the same spirit, the same God which worketh all in all. That's the key to work. Because he said, I don't want you to be ignorant. Well, flip a coin whether that was God or wasn't God. No, it should bear witness with your spirit. And that's, again, living in the spirit and walking in the spirit. So let the Holy Spirit help you. If you don't know for sure, Pray it through. 
the Holy Spirit will reveal. He's not going to keep you in the dark considering something. There's been many things in, in spiritual movements, you know, and I'm not going to get into them all because some things were of God, some things weren't of God. But if it points to Christ, if it lifts up Christ, if it points us back to the same spirit, it'll bear witness with your spirit. And that's your checks and balance for anything. If someone comes up to you and says, Brother Don, you're supposed to move to Iceland and start a ministry that yea saith the Lord. If it don't bear witness of my spirit, I ain't packing nothing. I'm going to be led by the spirit of God, and it should always confirm with your spirit. Just to add, ask. Uh, you know, and, and I think when you're, when you're in a, uh, you know, even like tonight, when you're in a, a meeting like this and, and you're learning, or maybe it's stuff you already know, but, but ask questions. You know, that's how we begin to learn about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, once I started seeing these things happen, God working through different parts of our life, what is this? And so it sent me on a pathway to ask, what is this? What is the word of knowledge? What is the word of wisdom? What, is, what does it mean to prophesy? And, and I think that's the thing, you know, creating a culture in your church where, you know, people, you, come and ask questions, you know, and, you know, and, and we'll, we'll pray things through, but ask, you know, you know, ask, ask whatever, you know, and, and that's an important, you know, we, we want that kind of culture here because we don't want to be ignorant. Amen. Amen. Praise God. It's good. Amen. All right. And that last comment, you know, that last part of that verse where it says in, in verse six, but it's the same God who works, uh, who works all in all, who works all of these things in all people. So, again, it's not just reserved for, you know, a select few. He works all of these ministries in all people. Every person uh, can be uh, operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And I don't know who made this comment, but I had written it down some time ago. It says, there's never been a revival that is only in the pulpit and not in the people's heart. Have you heard that before? I don't rem remember. I, I don't think it came from me. <laughs> That's the only reason I say that. Somebody must have said it, and I didn't write down who it, who it was. But there's never been a revival that's only in the pulpit and never in the people's heart. And in fact, huh? Mm. And, you know, Lester Summerall said that even when revival hits, like the, the last great revival will be nine-tenths of the congregation and one-tenth in the pulpit. That means, and that's why we're going through these, because the, when revival hits, it's operating out of the body. It's not everybody come in and watch the pastor do all of these things. It's the body is operating together. The pastor has a purpose, and it is to uh, create order and to be led by the Holy Spirit and to orchestrate the things of the Spirit. But the body of Christ is to uh, be operating in these things and to go out and also shine the light of God to a, a lost generation, to those that don't know him. Can I add uh, one more thing? Yeah, go ahead. I just heard this today, and that's when you started saying that. It was, uh, it was in a book that I was reading, and it, and it um, they were they were comparing the the church to a to a, and it's carnal, but a, a baseball team, or a football we'll say football team, and they were saying, God the Father, Jesus, 
his son were in the upper, I don't know if you guys know a lot about football, but usually your offensive coordinator and all them, they're not on the field. They're up in the press box. They're watching over. They're, they've got a vantage point that they see the whole field. They see what's going on. What they're doing is they're relay, relaying information to the head coach. So they're giving instruction. It's coming from, from that seated place, that elevated place, down to the field of play, and that he compared the, the head coach as the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's job is to orchestrate, to receive, because the Bible says, Jesus said, I do nothing but what the Father tells me to do. The Holy Spirit bears witness of he's the testimony of Jesus. So he's doing what the Father and what Jesus is wanting to do in the earth as the head coach. I'm just putting in a football analogy here. Then he's, the, the, the Holy Spirit then speaks to the pastor, which is the quarterback. And the quarterback's getting information from the field. He's getting the play. He's, he's, now it's up to him to do what? Relay that to the rest of the team. He's got a running back. He's got wide receivers. He's got a line there. So he's relaying that to them. Then after he does that, it's their job to exercise or to demonstrate exactly his instructions. If they follow his instructions, then they'll flow in the plate. God will get the glory. Jesus, the Son, will get the glory, and the Holy Spirit will activate that in the team. And it was a neat little analogy because if any of those things don't work, if we're not yielding, if the quarterback says, you know, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and doesn't worry, he's he's dependent upon the rest of the team to operate, just like the pastors. The Bible says the gifts, as I love what Pastor Miranda just said there, because it's not just, well, Pastor Brad's supposed to operate in all the gifts all the time, and Pastor Miranda, I'm just supposed to hear, sit here and receive. No, it's the body activated. And as they do that, everyone, God always gets the glory, but the team wins, and they all get to celebrate. Everybody gets, gets the trophy at the end. Everybody gets the championship ring because they fulfilled the purposes and plan that God had. So, just a little analogy there that I heard today. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, somebody at the conference we were just at said, I, I, can't, I probably won't quote it exactly right, but it was like, it's, it's not really fun to come and just sit in church, but it is fun being part of the church. You know, it's the difference be- between coming and just being a spectator and coming and being involved and actually utilizing your gifts. And, and when you're invested, then there's a greater celebration that comes with that because your heart is in it. Uh, Let's uh, finish up on on this. It says, verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And again, that reiterates the, the fact that given to each one for the profit of all or for the common good of everyone else. Again, the gift is for the body. It's not just your gift. Verse 8, for to one is given, okay, it's starting to get into uh all of the gifts there. Skip down to, because we'll, we'll get into these um, next week. I'll go ahead and read through it. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings 
by the same spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills, as the spirit wills. Again, it's talking about the, the Holy Spirit will show you what is needed for that moment. If somebody needs healing, then a word of knowledge about that healing, but no manifestation of the healing isn't really going to do that person any good. So it's the Holy Spirit will manifest by showing you what is needed, and then that gift can flow. Uh, he doesn't show you something just for the purpose of just showing it to you. Oh, well, I can see you need healing, or I, I've discerned that you need healing. Okay. See you later. <laughs> you know, that's not going to do them any good. So he's showing you, not, because, not just so you know, but so you can do something about it, so he can flow through you. And the other thing, just a, a couple last uh, points. You know, it's, it's not about trying to figure out, well, do I have this gift? Do I have that gift? Remember, it, the, the Lord wants to work through us to whatever that person is needing. And these things often operate intertwined with one another. So this isn't a formula. It's not about, well, it's this gift operating or what exactly was that operating. Sometimes the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom can flow together. Prophecy can flow with the word of knowledge. And, and sometimes it, you can't. You can't see where one ends and one begins. So it's not, don't get hung up in trying to define everything about it. Just as you're learning to operate in it, as you're stepping out, it will take faith and it will take you stepping out and exercising these things. So don't wait until you have like some major dream and go, okay, God has released me and now I can go do these things. No, you're going to have to exercise them through faith. And the best way to do that is just begin to pray for people. Begin to step out in those things, uh, what you feel the Lord is leading you to do. And I'm telling you what, this is a house where we want people to practice and to exercise these things, not to uh, be afraid to step into these things because it does take practice at times. And it does take communication, like with other people. Sometimes we'll say, well, were you feeling that? And someone else will say, yeah, I was feeling the same thing. So it confirms to you what's being spoken to your spirit. And so you can gain confidence in that thing. You can, you can increase your faith in it. The, other, the last thing I want to make a comment on, there are times for most people that begin to, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, most of the time people get comfortable or more familiar with uh, a couple of the gifts. And they will tend to begin to operate in those more often because they become familiar and comfortable with it. And so they've learned to, whether it's hear uh, the Lord on those things, and they, they get comfortable or familiar with operating, flowing in that gift. And so sometimes it may feel like, well, this is what God uh, operates in, in me most of the time, but I don't see a lot uh, going on here. And a lot of times it's just because this takes a different type of faith. i got to step out in, in the gifts of healing. I have to step out in the working of miracles or in uh, you know tongues or interpretation or whatever it may be so it's it's learning to uh, stretch yourself in those things 
you have any other comments, either one? I, I, I think just to say, you know, and, and you covered, I think you're reading all my notes that I had, so you did a great job, but, uh, but um, practice. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that, that you know, sometimes, like, the, the Lord will g- give you a sensing maybe to pray for someone or, or to, to talk with someone. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? You'll just, you'll see somebody, maybe it's, a, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's a family member. Everybody feels like the Lord's directed them to somebody, sometime or another in their life, right? Everybody raise your hand. Everybody feels like the Lord's directed me. And, 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 and oftentimes, the, the Holy Spirit's doing that. And, and you know, and we, we, we may not, you know, and, and, you know, that's where we have to learn to, you know, really kind of look at our own feelings, you know, it, it's, you know, because, listen, a lot of times if, if, you're, if you're busy and you're not being mindful, you, you'll, just, you'll just shrug it off. And I've shrugged it off. I mean, so, but this is the important piece is that you move to an area where you become sensitive. It's that walking in the spirit. Oh, you know, the other day, I mean, Brian, Brian was with me and the, there's a guy at Walmart. I, you know, I, I've been ministering to a guy at Walmart now for a month, month and a half. And finally, he, he agreed to let me pray for him. And I said, you know, and Brian started laughing because the guy started cracking up. And he, but it was funny. And it, and it was like, but that was my end. And I could crack up with him. And, and we, we started joking. And, and he was like, I said, well, how can I pray for you? He's like, I need money. Money. I said, well, the Lord will bless you. And, and you know, he's from, you know, so I'm from India. You know, I, I, Jesus, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe in 4,000 other gods, you know. But, but, you know, but it was my opportunity now to move into an area where, where I could allow the Holy Spirit to move. And, you know, and it's been month. It's been a month, six weeks where I just, you know, and then, I, and then another cashier lady comes over, and I got her by the hand, and I've got my arm around the guy from, Brian's like, man, that was a great picture. He backed away and took a picture up for me. So, but, you know, but, but that's the thing about just, you know, when God releases something, it may be, it may be a kid. It may be, it may be your kids. It may be, it may be say, you know, hey, you know, I just want to come into the room tonight and pray for you, you know. And, and God maybe will show you something, maybe, Maybe they've had a hard day. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe things are not going as well. And I, I do that with my kids. How you doing? And, you know, sometimes, you know, my kids sometimes will just be, you know, because they're your kids. But however, you know, God will show me things about my kids to pray for. And, you know, it doesn't mean that I need to go, you know, the Lord said, I got a word of knowledge and I feel like you're struggling with this or this or this. You know, a lot of times it's to now establish a routine of prayer or praying for them. But then, but then that's how the Holy Spirit will begin to flow. You become sensitive. You know, so, you know, even as we start into this, you know, it, started, it starts by just, you know, hey, can I pray for you? You know, if the, you know what's, most people in West Virginia don't, don't turn away prayer. They, 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 you know, you guys, you guys really, right? They don't, you know, they don't turn away prayer. They'll be like, well, yeah, sure, you, you can pray for me. And, and, and that's where you allow the Lord and the Holy Spirit to, to work through you. You're a conduit. Amen. You're, you're, you're nothing but a conduit. And I believe this latter revival we'll see is in the revival in hearts of the body of Christ. You know, with their, this nation and, 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 you know, there have been great revivals. But I believe this revival that we're going to see is, and that's why, and I'm telling you, that's why you know, the, the first part of January has been amazing. 
But God's going God's to motivate the body to, to a greater purpose and a greater call. And I, I think about Brother Greg, you know, he prophesies over people. But, you know, you know he'll ask, you know, can I, can, I, can I pray for you? And a lot of times he'll begin to pray in the Holy Spirit and he'll catch a download from the Holy Ghost. And then, boom, there's a word of knowledge. There's a word of prophecy. There's something there to encourage someone to, you know, because God's eyes are on us. His eyes are, they, they search to and fro, you know, you know. Even the scripture read out of Proverbs today. You know, God's, God, God cares about people. And he's always wanting to pull them into relationships. So, I, I'm telling you, this is, this is a great job. I mean, what a, what a beginning part of this. You know, because I, I feel like it's so important that we understand. But, but for it not to be complicated. It's, this is not to be, you know, for us not to be ignorant. For it, for it not to be complicated. And, but, you know, and I'll say this around this because... It's, it's important that you have, you know, even, even in the operation of, of, of giftings, it's so important that you have accountability. It's so, so important you have accountability. I, you know, there's times where, you know, I'll talk to my wife and say, you know, I feel like I missed this here. You know, the Lord maybe wanted to speak through me this way and I missed it here. Or I, I felt like I should have addressed this. Or, you know, she'll say, you know, no, you know, you, you probably said enough. And, you know, and I had a conversation today about, about prophecy, when and, and how to use prophecy. And, and it was a good conversation. It was just iron sharpening iron with another pastor because we were talking about it. And, and um, you know, it was just, you know, the, how to use the, how to flow in the gifts. And, uh, but it's exciting, amen, because God wants to use every, God wants to use every, all of us, amen. Amen. I, I don't know, Brother Don. I just wanted to go over one more thing there, and it, it, it's along those lines. Jesus told his disciples, the Bible says he breathed on them, said receive the Holy Ghost, and he sent them out. The disciples, again, that living in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit. The walk was when they went out. And, and here's the great part of that. It says they marveled that the demons were subject to them. They marveled at miracles. So I think it was kind of, it was shocking to them in a sense that they were able to operate. Jesus didn't just say, hey, this is my ministry. I'm the one that operates. He desired to activate those 12 to do the same works that he did and to demonstrate that. So it took a, an act of, and that's the simple thing a pastor is talking about. It's just a simple act of obedience. It's, it's stepping out on by faith and not even you don't always know and i think and there's you can miss it the disciples missed it i mean they're all going to have pillars in heaven they're they're you know they're pretty big shots up there but they missed it and jesus came back and said hey jesus why couldn't we cast the devil out of this man this kind cometh out not but by prayer so there's learning in the gifts of the spirit and i think that's important because you can get discouraged but there's not a man of god or woman of god worth their salt that would come to you and say i've never missed it I've been 100% accurate. I mean, there's people, we, you miss it because you, you get maybe not quite in tune with the Holy Spirit or maybe you're directed or you feel some way. You know, you may, you may give a prophetic word and think, well, that, boy, I thought I really had it there. And you're way out in left field and people are like, I don't know what you're talking about. But you just, again, you, you be led by the Spirit. Don't be afraid. I think that's the key I want to say is don't be afraid. to Because here's what happens. When Jesus went to the well, where the Samaritan woman was. Those gifts of the Spirit were not, it says prophet with all, and that's what made me think of this, because when he released the gifts that were operating in him, and he gave her a word of knowledge, he gave her a word of wisdom concerning her past and where her husband, her husband now, the one she lived with, was. so there was a future and a past thing that he spoke to her. He said, 
she went out and said, come see a man who told me all that I've ever done. And surely this pastor you were just talking about, this, is this the Messiah? Is this the one we're looking for? But that one word, and then, the, then they came and looked for Jesus and said, now we have seen. So what did it, it, it profited that whole region by one obedience to, and, and why is that important? By one individual. I can go touch one person's life and their entire family, their entire uh, community. Uh, uh, w, uh, Fairmont State, you, one word of knowledge could affect a whole team, can hold a, uh, affect a whole class. That's the power and the authority that God's released through the gifts, and that's what, because wants he wants to profit. We look at it sometimes small-minded. It was just for John. It was just to encourage him. No, it's, it's the testimony of Jesus, and it's to, it's to impact the world. He said, I'll, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, power to witness, power to heal the sick, raise the dead. All these things operate by the Holy Spirit, but it's through us and our obedience. God, like Pastor Miranda, I, I love that. I mean, who, who's qualified? Everybody in here. If you're a believer, these signs shall follow them that believe. If I'm a believer, then I'm qualified to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and I should be. So I've got to step out of my comfort zone, though. I've never walked on water before, but jump out the boat. All of a sudden, I'm because I'm, we're our, our focus isn't about us. Well, what if I fail? What if I miss it? Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I believe that. I believe that wholeheartedly that I, I sense in my spirit. I mean, as we were talking about this, this is what well, you said that was perfect, that the, the, the percentage. Dr. Summerall said in the last day, it's going to come out of the pews, guys. You're going to have leaders. You're going to have uh, pastors, prophets, apostles, teachers, evangelists. They're going to build up the body of Christ to do the work of the Lord. You're going to be activated. You're not going to sit on a pew idly. You're going to be active in the gifts, in the this, this gifts of the Spirit, and you're going to turn the world upside down like the disciples did. Amen. So, real quick, look at your notes. I'm going to force you guys to get journals. Look at your notes. And I need, I want three people to tell me something that they learned tonight or a uh, comment that they got out of it. Maybe you already knew it, but it reemphasized something. Whatever it may be, give me, give me three. If you, don't, if you don't do it, if you don't volunteer, I'll pick somebody. <laughs> so three people. Why do I do this? Because it's application. And not only that, but what you may say may be what somebody else was thinking too. And also it helps, it helps us as teachers as well to know like how to uh, teach.